Finds Depay. Memphis Depay. Goes for gold. Done just that, he scored! Juninho's done it! Oh, the stadium has erupted here. The relief is palpable all around. There's Nabil Fick here. Shoots and scores! Well, there's a finish in a half from Nabil Fick here to double the Leon lead. Two minutes before half-time. And Manchester City in real trouble on the opening night of the Champions League. Oh, it's in again! It's Dembele again! And he's come off the bench to score twice! the Football English Podcast. I'm your host Liam and as always I'm John by Tom. Tom, how are things with you? We're back. I mean it's, it's, a, it's, <laughs> it's been a while but we're back. Um, so I, I guess better. I mean it's the, just come off uh, the game of the century I guess. That's what Lekeep call it. So um, that, that better I guess. Yeah, much better than we were after the hiatus of recording. We'll explain everything that's happened since then. And of course, we apologise for our hiatus. And as always, I'm joined by Jonathan as well. How are things with you, Jonathan? Everything's great. Very eventful past few weeks, up and down, but uh, a lot's going on. Exactly. And we're going to be dissecting all of that first. Obviously, if you are an avid follower of the podcast, you'll remember our last episode was discussing the victory against PSG and previewing the cup semi-final, which we pinned the hopes of Leon season on. That was five matches ago, um, over a month ago as well. That episode came out on the 4th of April. We're recording this on the 12th of May, so that shows you how long away we've been from the microphone. Um, but we'll be discussing everything that's gone on since then. So we'll start with Norse, obviously. 1-0 game away at the Stabile Bourgeois. Tom wasn't the easiest atmosphere, but the performance did live up to expectations, right? If you can cast your mind back that far. I mean, I don't know if... It's not like... I mean, not is obviously a tense atmosphere. Um, not tense. I, I think it's it's a it's a really good atmosphere and just generally brings the non-player forwards. I don't... I can't imagine Lyon players being terrified of uh, of the not fans. You know, it's like... It's a night you want to play. You know, it's cup semi-final... It's in a great stadium. The atmosphere is amazing. And, and hats off before we say anything to about our game. Uh, obviously, not final. Didn't go to plan. But um, we got to underline their performance because it was pretty decent. But I can't imagine the Lyon players coming under the pressure of La Bourgeoise and going like, oh, we're, you know, we're losing our, our football. You know, it's not shiver me timbers, really. Let, let's be honest. It's not playing... Um, in Red Star Belgrade, you know, it's it's not like you're going to get thrown uh, projectiles and stuff. So I can't imagine Leon players not feel it like losing their their football. Or is it maybe a question that it's a young team and it's a cup semi final and there's a lot of pressure on the semi final? Maybe that's what it is. 
what's for sure is that the you know the leaders the the likes of I mean Lacazette barely touched the ball so we can't really say it's necessarily his fault but um, the likes of Tolisso I think played uh, really poorly Thiago Mendes played as well there was just nothing there and I'm not gonna you know dissect the whole game either but I just just say generally it was a major disappointment um, it's it's like it's the same thing every year you know us uh, and every other OL fan is like, oh my god, we have a we have a hope of doing something, and we're probably going to discuss this again in this episode. Like, we might play for Europe. Who knows? You know, we we might we are in the running for fifth place, and, and we're prob- probably going to be disappointed at the end of the year. But there's always that little glimmer of hope because it's like, oh, cup semi final, and it's Toulouse on the other side, and we can do it, and. Well, we played really well against Toulouse a few days later, so it, it's, it's just a it's disappointing, especially seeing the way we went out because it's it's a shitty mistake on the goal, as much as the goal is amazing, um, and we didn't play well. So hats off to not. I I think generally every fan of of Olympic is was really disappointed in us, us first, uh, which also explains a bit why we've been away. Uh, just to try and say. I haven't really, I haven't watched a Lyon game live since, really. I mean, I've caught up all the games since, but live, I haven't sat down and said, I think OL deserves my time or my weekend uh, to be ruined or, you know, be happy about a game because we've won a lot of games since. But I didn't feel like OL deserved my time or like 90 minutes and like the stress of organizing a sit down live. So, yeah, particularly disappointed. Um, I think we've bounced back pretty well since, but it's obviously if we don't get Europe, that's you know you just look back to that game and say that was probably our best chance to get there. Yeah, I think even if we get Europe or not, that was still our best chance to get there, as you explained and we explained on previous episodes. It wasn't the essence of just winning a trophy; it was the essence of getting into Europe, which you know after this season, I don't know about you guys, but not even if it's a Thursday night, not being able to sit down on the Thursday as after we had with the Europa League one last year to sit down and watch European football. Whilst I like the Europa League, it's always much more exciting if your team has some sort of association or participation within it. Um, and then obviously there's the case that we've not won a trophy for 11 years. But again... Can, can we agree it. that playing Conference League would be good? Because like this is football, like the fifth... Football. European football is even better. Exactly. So yes, like if you look... I, mean, I think that's a very French thing. I mean, if you listen to the French media, people like Roland Corbis, who's a... Exactly. A, a I mean, we're probably listening to the same you know, podcast, Jonathan. Like, they, they hate going the, on the European football. That's, that's why France has been so poor in European competitions and the lower ones, because a lot of the coaches are old school and they think it's a waste to even get the best team in it. And uh, I, you know, we're more modern people. And I, I think 100% that this is... The purpose of following a team like Lyon is to win those competitions. That's what we dream of. I don't care what level it is. Winning it gives you recognition around the world, even if it's a conference league. I and do. No, I, I would love to win it. I do think that the, I've, I've actually heard it for the first time in the UK, that argument of it's bad to play it. Uh, I was listening to an athletic podcast uh, today about whether it's good or not for... I think it must have been the Tottenham argument of... Yeah. They're not filling up stadiums. People don't really care about the Conference League. The manager is probably happy to have full weeks to 
to prepare his team for the weekend and actually play well and actually make a run for Europe, um, like an actual real competition. But I feel like even the Europa League now is not getting the the, the claims it used to have. Um, I mean, like if you look at Roma, right? Roma is a team that arguably the same level as you want to say. I mean, we had better, we've won more things than them, but they are a pretty amazing team over. No, same, I say similarly level as Lyon, and they when they won. Last year, the entire city was rocking over that. And yeah. so, you know, they are a country that loves football. And Lyon should be the same I'm, kind of... And I'm sure if, if we went really far into the Conference League, or even, I mean, maybe not the first stages. I'm, I'm not... I'm being... We've had this argument before of maybe our stadium is too big for us. But let's say once you're into the last 16 and you're playing teams like Lazio or Fiorentina yeah. and even big, like... Finaled. I mean, that's not going to be the case next year. But even if you play Finaled, you would get a full stadium and you would get a lot of hype around it. And I think Lyon would take it seriously. I mean, we've seen that Basel kicked out Nice, and all, with all the respect mm-hmm. I have for Basel, I did do a podcast on them. But Nice didn't take that game seriously. Um, just like Rending take their game seriously against Shakhtar. I think there's a European pedigree with Lyon that is worth running after, and that we should be playing that. So I'd be happy if we played it and. And I think we have to keep on pushing for it. I don't think it makes a huge amount of difference in terms of um, what players we can attract. It might make a difference financially, but I don't think more players will want to come to Lyon because we're playing the Conference League rather no. than not playing it. It's not the Champions League, is it? No, and it, and Lyon has enough of pedigree to, to being able to attract. I mean, we've seen the players at United, Manchester United have been able to attract while not playing the Champions League. I think Lyon is not in the same vein as United, but in France... It's one of the top three, top five clubs. Yeah. So we will attract players without playing Europe. So I I do think it's exciting to play the Conference League. I mean, both all three of us are are big fans of the the competition, so it's it's slightly biased. But I think we're trying to balance out what Roland Corby says on a weekly basis on RMC, who keeps on shitting on his competition, which I think is a bit unfair. It's an outdated view. It's the same in the it's the same in the UK as you've said. Whether it be on an athletic podcast, I remember when Tottenham were in the competition. It's a case of you know they're a team that when they were possibly going to be in the competition, a team like Tottenham shouldn't be playing in that competition. Tottenham haven't won a trophy since two thousand and eight. If that gives Tottenham a good opportunity of winning a trophy and they can play in the competition, why shouldn't they want to play it? And why shouldn't they take it seriously? West Ham are probably. Possibly favourites for it. Another team who haven't won a trophy for Yonks. So again, it's the same essence. If you can win a trophy, why shouldn't you want to play? It's not a Super Cup or a Trophée des Champions. It's a it's a European trophy. You saw Mourinho after winning it, one of the biggest serial winners in the history of the game. He was buzzing to win the competition. So why shouldn't we want to play in it? Coming back to... You with a European oh, qualification spot for next year, which is, you know... Yeah, same thing as the coup de France. It's a it's a positive to take from the season as well. If we do finish fifth, you know we've been up shit creek without a paddle. To finish in top five would be some achievement. Considering sensational, you know, I think is a exactly. Word. <laughs> so especially when you look at the run of fixtures toward the end of the season, the Marseille game is one that if we had have won that game, we'd probably be sat in fifth position right now. But again, you know we've still got Monaco and Clermont coming up. Don't think we deserved anything from that Marseille game, but yes, no, we, we, I don't. We I'm would. not saying we did deserve anything from that yeah. Marseille game, but if we'd have lived up to the standards of the second half performance against Rennes, the Montpellier game that we'll touch upon, 
Um, well, the comeback in the Montpellier game, not the first 30 minutes, that was atrocious. But again, the essence of being able to play to a level which we've seen we're capable of in recent weeks, we really should be in that fifth position. But if buts and maybe just to come back to the cup final and get your take on it, uh, cup semi final, sorry, and get your take on it, Jonathan. After obviously Tom explained, we've been away for a while. After that sort of lull, you know, the feeling that the season's over. What were you, what were your immediate thoughts after losing that game to Nantes? Yeah, it's just, uh, it's hard to comprehend what happened. I mean, one shot on target in that game, in a must-win game, and the biggest game in a year, at least, for Lyon. And, you know, Lacazette was on Telefoot, the, the French program, and he had a whole program, a 30-minute section on him. And he talked about it, how they wanted it. They're not saying that they weren't motivated or they didn't try. He says that they all really wanted this 100% and tried really hard and, they, he doesn't understand. He literally does not understand why Lyon could not perform on that day. And to me, when that's the case, I think it's the coach. And we're going to talk a lot of positive about Blanc, I'm sure, in this podcast because he's in a, he, he's, the points are coming in. But on that big event, that was a terrible performance by Blanc. I mean, if you can't get your team to compete or to make changes to compete in the entire 90 minutes, that's on you. And if the players say they're they're all dedicated to the giving 100% and it's not showing on the pitch, that's that's your fault at some point. So, um, you know, and, and you know there's different kinds of coach, and we're going to talk about Blanc again, but some coaches give you the energy on the bench of, like, fight to the death, and, and if we lose, it's unacceptable. And Blanc is, like, so weak. I mean... It seems that even if they, he's not even upset when they lose, he's like, okay, great, shake your hand, my friend, Kumbari, and let's go on. It's just, it really is um, not the right coach, I think, for a team that always had an issue with motivation. So that's my, my response is mostly to blame Blanc on that one performance, not on this whole time. Um, but yet, it's not really explainable because Lyon has shown in the Ligue 1 that they can perform at a high, at a decent level. And they've been, Good, better against other teams. So I, I don't really understand why this club can't perform um, this year consistently. It's it's an enigma. And uh, the young players, a lot of people blame the young players. But in these games, the young players are not the ones playing poorly. It's just the team overall. You're not like seeing Barcola just forget to play or, you know, Kekre. You know, Kekre's been actually pretty good recently. So it's not like those players are, or Lukebar is completely blowing all the other the defense. No, it's not really like that. It's just a few overall, the team is just not meshing and not having any strategy. Yeah, I think the way to describe it would be is a collective mishap of errors for the games that we have lost or the points we've dropped throughout the season. I mean, there's times where you can pinpoint games to sort towards certain people, but in terms of people having necessarily bad seasons, if you're talking key players, Lacazette, currently Lyon's top goal scorer. As you mentioned, Kakura has been in and out of the team in terms of his form, but much more recently, he's been much more impactful. Shirky comes in and out as well, but he had a bad season for his first season as a full starter, taking on the 18 shirt, obviously, Fekir, former club captain, having that shirt. I don't think it's a case of that. I think it's just a case of the team isn't... How would you say it? There's not the collective tactical understanding under a manager like Blanc and obviously his job could be up for 
discussion, and we'll discuss that later in the podcast. But to give him some sort of credit, we've collected 12 points from the last 15. Considering we'd written European football off, Tom and we're now 30 points off, two games to go. Lille have got to play Monaco, which again is a big game for them. If they don't win, that brings them closer to us. Uh, Monaco have still got Champions League football to fight for. Slim chance. How do you how do you feel about the last five games and the fact we've still got a slim chance despite feeling like we had no chance going back a month ago? I think. I mean, we're we're. I mean, I'm I'm listening to a lot of. Um, you'll know notice uh, Liam uh, listening to a lot of, of podcasts on on the championship playoffs, and it's all about m- momentum going into it. It's about who's playing well, who's scoring a lot of goals, and whose confidence is very high. I think it's hard to say that Lyon's confidence is not very high after the Montpellier game. I mean, obviously, I remember coming out of the you know, you cast your mind back ten years, and you'll think to the the Olympico, the 5-5. And I remember Deschamps coming out of that game, who was at the time the Marseille manager, and saying, I'm really disappointed because my defense conceded five goals. Now, I think Blanc, when he's looking at the game on Sunday, I think he's more looking at the fighting spirit that a Barcola, a Lacazette, which there was no doubt about, but even like a Cacre and a Shirky. I mean, um, he's... He's sensational. I mean, like the 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 fighting spirit that was shown from the 70th minute onwards. I mean, I think that the first 20 minutes were okay. I mean, uh, it's it's just from as soon as Wai scored his first goal, there's a half an hour of blip, which well, 45 minutes if you include the halftime, but basically on the pitch between the 30th minute and the 70th. There is nothing. <laughs> like the defense is all over the place. The goals are terrible. But I think if you look at the way Blanc presents himself in press conferences, it's more like, oh, we, we, you know, we, ah, it's a shame we lost, and that's it. I think if he, if if he keeps that sort of calm atmosphere and calm presence, which he has, I think he's probably going to go into the dressing room on Sunday afternoon and go. You know what, guys? Hats off to you. Hats off for fighting back, for getting that result, and for pushing on. And I think when you look at what Ren and Lille have been doing in the last three or four months, like I can't pull out a fantastic um, game that Lille have played over the last in 2023. They were really good in the first start of the se- in the first part of the season, but since maybe February or March really hasn't been much i think ren beats psg correct me if i'm wrong i think they did like recently um so that that's one of the positive results but then they were absolutely atrocious for an hour against us and i think generally there's there's a belief that um yeah leon are going more positively into that second part of the the, the season, uh, well, the second part of the season, the last part of the season, in the last run-up. And I think other than that season with the 10 finals with Rudy Garcia, generally there is a cohesive history of, of Lyon doing really well in the final run-up of the games. You think back to that um, final in brackets that we played against Monaco, I think it's 2018, 
um, where we score six goals against them. It's, we had to beat them to get to the Champions League. And, and we did it. Uh, also beating Nice in that season on the last day and getting Europe. So I know we don't play either of those teams directly. Um, but I feel like on head-to-head, there's, there's going to be a time where we're, we're probably going to get there. And I have a belief that we can do it. I mean, it's a really extensive answer to say, yes, we can do it. And there is... I'll, you know, no injuries, praying the Lord, no injuries, and hopefully no more suspensions, uh, and we'll be okay. And, and we can win all three of the last games, or four of the last games, four, there you go, last four games, and, and prove that in 2023, we are the best team in France, other than maybe Lens, I think. But points-wise, I think Lyon is still up there. So, you know, we, we got to go and get it. There was a period in time where Lyon had collected the most points. I think it's ahead of the Marseille game. I think yeah. we were first ahead of that game. Although following that, we've still got six points. And uh, anyway, it's yeah, we've been really good in 2023. Yeah. Which so. hats off to Blanc for that because as much as we've criticised him before, and I don't think a lot of the his decisions are to you know to value for for the success we've had but rather the individual talent of Lacazette and Barcola. He's also put them in very good circumstances. And now having Cacri as a 10 is amazing. I mean, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't imagine that this would be the revolution we needed at Lyon, but Cacri as a 10, quite something. I think the thing with Cacri as well, it's not that he's providing that essence, but he's not lost the ability to win the ball up high as well. If you watch some of the attacks, and I think it's the Ren game, he's not still losing that ability to press and win the ball back as well, which is what made him so good when he first came in, going back to the final eight when, you know, we were all getting excited about him and Shirky. So um, having that ability in his game, he's got the most assists for, well, Barcola might be level with him. I'll have to get him three in one game. But before that game, he had the most assists in the squad. I think he got one against Montpellier as well. I could be wrong. Did he get one from the corner? Uh, who? Cacri? Uh, Kakri, yeah. Yes, think yeah. so. Yeah, I think he assisted Lovren's goal. Anyway, um, he's still producing as well, which adds another but level. It's, it's the high pressure. I agree with you. I think it's the something that we've missed with Blanc is like having... I mean, Lacazette does press, but it's not always the case. And he's not active. Pressure. You think to the, the Lille game that we won or like came back in a few months ago, and then one of the goals is from Shirky pressing. So I think it's, it's modern football that says you have to press, and if you don't do it, it's not going to happen. So having a high-pressing player so high up the pitch is going to get you goals. Definitely, especially when you're as good as it as Kakra is. I think in terms of passes, uh, presses per defensive action, he's one of the highest in Liga as well in terms of winning the ball back in the final third as well. Um, speaking about the game of the century then, as Lekeep have coined it, uh, Jonathan, just explain the... Again, we've spoken a lot about feelings on this podcast, but again, how do you, how else do you sum up a game like that? Yeah, I mean, feelings to me is football, and those are the games that you remember longer than you would, you know, others. And it's not about the, the quality of the performance because truth is, Lyon defensively was terrible. I mean, conceding four, they could have conceded six. I mean, pathetic in a game that you had to win. But you know, the the, the second half of the game when they really needed to come back was really good and they didn't panic. And I think that's 
that was Lacazette's marquee game, the game where you see what he brings compared to Dembele. Because we talked about this when the season started. It was like Dembele was a 20-goal uh, 20 score last year. And you're like, okay, well, Lacazette, okay, just replacing Dembele. But no, he brings something else, something where it's a, a feeling to, that you, you know, you can do things that the club couldn't do before. And so that game was a highlight of uh, of just emotion. And, and even when they, they tied it, you thought the game was over. And it wasn't over. Um, they came back and scored this VAR goal at the end, which is a you know a nice little gift to us. I don't know how how it was kind of softish. What's What's amazing it. is the the Lyon commentators. <laughs> I, I rewatched it on OLTV rather than Canal Plus, and throughout the whole game, like one of the commentators is like, "This referee is giving nothing to us. <laughs> this is ridiculous. We're giving all the fouls away." And then he's like, "Oh, he's giving us the pen." Well, okay, we'll take it then. <laughs> Everything's fine. Thanks, ref. Yeah, I mean, it was it, those penalties are the ones where I'm pretty sure every game is one of those. Every single game of football in the history, there's a game. And when it falls for you, you're like, okay, I'll take it. Because it is a foul, but that happens all the time. So anyway, but a great game. Um, Barcola, we talk praise him all the time, but huge praise in this game. Three assists. Awesome game. Awesome player. Uh, I think it's going to be Liam's... Uh, Favorite player moving on now. I know after the Awar generation is going to be now. Assist. It's going to be Barcola. We're going to have a little Barcola assist. jersey in the back of Liam. Um, moving. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it just was exciting to get the points. You know, the, the points were important. Um, it's just, it's weird because Lyon has no strategy. When you look at Lyon, I don't even know how he play. I couldn't tell you the style. I couldn't tell you anything. It's just purely on a few skilled players and it's working out. Um, and so we'll, we'll take it. We'll take it to a game I'll remember for a year. I don't think it's a game I'll remember for years. It's not the World Cup final of France where I'll remember that till I'm 90 years old. But the the game here, I'll remember it for a couple of years. You know, it was a good one. It's definitely. Uh, I think if we'd have come back and it leveled four four, we'd have just been talking like being a chaotic game. But I think in the circumstances to win the game, you know, why scoring four goals is chaotic as it gets, especially when you go 4-1 down and then Lacazette replicates him and steals all the headlines from someone who's just scored four goals. I think it's the most goals of a Montpellier's ever a player in Montpellier's history has ever scored in one game. Um and then you know Lacazette just steals the limelight from him to win the game five four is what adds to the uh, the occasion somewhat. But as you said about style, there's no style to Leon. The last few weeks have been a mixture of Sam Allardyce-esque football with a long tactic to get Barcola and Dine and have someone pick up the pieces. Um, you, there were moments where you were able to see some form of intricate passing around the box against Wren. But again, you know, that's not been consistent for 90 minutes all this season. So it really is a, uh, I guess it's a mixture of just go out there and hope for the best. And in recent weeks, that's worked. Um, in terms of your thoughts on the game, then, um, Tom, obviously, you mentioned Jonathan mentioned Barcola's introduction. I will admit he's probably my favorite player now with Awa going to Rome, although I'll still be kill- keeping an eye on Awa's progress at Rome. I've not lost the connection to him, even though he's leaving the club. Um, Barcola is just he's immense, isn't he? Three assists in one game. You were going to say something about the last assist. He's just I mean, it's an exciting football. The last assist is just, he goes round his player like I've rarely seen players do these days. 
Like you, with the increased amount of inverted wingers, and technically Barcola plays more on the left and comes inside. Rarely do you see players now take the byline, and we saw that a bit with Tete over the last year. Um, but there, he was just like, "Oh, there's someone in front of me. Let me just go around you and then just cross it back." And I mean, there is there's a slight regret here is that I was in Lyon for this game. I didn't go to the stadium, <laughs> but I was in Lyon, and I was like, I probably missed something quite sensational here. But then again, 20 minutes before the end, I was looking at the scoreline going, we're 4-1 down. I'm quite happy that I didn't go. So, you know, it, it's mixed feelings. Everything could have happened. But you talked about Lacazette's leadership. And that helps. I think Lovren, as terrible as he was, I think there's uh, some points that we don't necessarily see Maybe at halftime, maybe at certain points of the game where he's probably screaming at Jomonde or at other players in front of him, telling them to get their act together. And Lopez, obviously, not his best game. We've, I don't think that's something that we've discussed, um, you know, uh, in this episode is how great Lopez has been over the last six or seven weeks. You know, the Marseille game, as much as we lose it, he kills saves. Um, you know, Jonathan put that in the chat earlier. He's um, Lopez is still ranked number one goalkeeper by the keep this season, and there's really not that many mistakes that we can fling at him. Um, there's many games that we've won because of him, not this one. <laughs> that that the way he came out for that last goal from Way, I'm really not too sure what he was doing, but um, anyway, he's a great goalkeeper and. I think if we've got to underline some individual performances, it's the it's the you know the main free academy talent that we've seen this year. So obviously Gusto's been quite a lot injured, uh, and we didn't see much of him this lately. Um, but obviously Shirky was brilliant. I mean he plays that final ball at some point. Um, I think for Barcola, Barcola obviously brilliant. Kakri we've said how great he is. So obviously, when all three of them are playing really well, that's um, that's obviously going to help. Gusto's crossing has improved, but I still hold him responsible for the Marseille defeat. Um, not only missing a great chance, but also scoring against his own team. Anyway, um, it, it's just yeah, it's no style. It's it's just pure. I wouldn't say enjoyment because there's there've been some really terrible games. <laughs> I mean, I I watched all. F- six or seven yesterday of the extended highlights of the last month. Uh, the Strasbourg game did not look fun. Um, the Rennes second half was okay. Uh, so at least we had the Montpellier one to be enjoyed about, uh, excited about. So anyway, um, just great team performance um, from midfield forward. <laughs> Anything behind that was awful. So um, I don't know what's Blanc told them this time around. I don't know what he's expected to do against Clermont if he's going to keep that same lineup. But um, there's there's some really good players. I also think that Jafinho lacked a bit of end product. I think when he came on, it was like, oh, it's exciting. But um, he didn't show what he showed against Strasbourg, notably. But he's going to progress and he'll be definitely one of the key players, I think, next year, at least coming from the bench. And I'm excited to see that more than I am to see, um, I mean, Saar, for example. Whether it's good enough, I don't know. Liam, uh, do you want to express yourself on how good Jafinho is? I, he has all the 
elements of your typical Brazilian winger in terms of being, he has that unpredictability on the ball. You know, he can beat a man, he can drop a shoulder and beat someone with ease. But every time I see him when he's got the ball and he's not doing that, he doesn't look like he knows what to do with it. Like he'll find himself in a inverted position in the right channel between the flank, the area between the box and the edge of the D. And in that area, he either ushers the ball back to where it came from or seems to lose it. I mean, his debut in the cup, I can't remember who it was against. We won two, I think it was Grenoble. Possibly. Anyway, he looked good, but I don't know if that was a, a quality thing based on the team we were playing against and possibly a pace thing rather than, you know, the fact that it's going to be a, a world-beating signing for us. I don't want to say that he'll never be good enough, but at this moment in time, the same with Amin Saar. Them two as signings that we paid money for in January have been really poor signings just because they've not had the desired impact for a team that was looking to win its first silverware for 12 12 years, 11 years, however long it is, um, and fight for Europe. They just weren't the quality additions that we need in a team that's already lacking experience um, and quality in attacking areas. That's just my two pence on the situation. Um, as to that comment, tell me if you disagree or agree. I think he's, 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 he's a special talent in the terms of him being really raw. Um, can he really become Neymar? I don't think so. Uh, I think he should be at that level. He should be a much higher level already. But um, yeah, I mean, he, he's got energy about him. Um, now it's a question of Blanc or other managers in Europe being patient with him and trying to shape him, you know, uh, into a... a efficient winger i think he's he's older than he sh not older than he should be but as in his development hasn't been as quick as he should have been um yeah exactly liam's put like anthony gordon's got the energy yes i think he's not as good as anthony gordon but i i see what you mean there he's like he's he's putting a lot into the game um but we're not getting much out of it let's put it that way yeah, so uh, a, a wild off take on Jeffinho. Obviously, we hope he comes good, but just at this moment in time, obviously the front three seems settled. I wouldn't. It, it transitions be. hard coming to a new club, you know, from Brazil in the winter in Lyon. You know, he he was in the summer because this, the, so he was in the summer in Rio and coming here in the, in winter it takes time to adjust, and we'll we'll expect more of him out of the preseason next year, and then see, you know, how that goes in the next season. Yeah, I think the lack of Brazilian... If you think in recent years, we've had a big cohort of Brazilians in the group at the moment. It's only Thiago Mendes, and Thiago Mendes is notorious for his um, off-piece antics. So in terms of a betting in period, he's not got Kim Elias, he's not got Marcelo, he's not got uh, Marcel, he's not got Paqueta. Those players aren't there anymore. So that's probably possibly been more difficult for him as well. Um, before we move on to, I guess, what people are wanting us to talk about, obviously the big news is the element of Jean-Michel Olas leaving the club. Um, do we make Europe with the four games? We have Clermont, France, Nice and Monaco. I'll come to you first, Jonathan. Yeah, the schedule is tough-ish when you compare it to maybe Lille. Lille has definitely, I would say, the advantage over us because um, of the points, obviously, and 
uh, you have to have one more win slash maybe get lucky with the goal difference a little bit. Um, and Rennes is still not out of there, but it's just if you look at the games, yeah, we could win them all. We're better. I think we're better than all the teams left, but that means nothing really over the past few your past year. We can lose against any of the teams, even in the, the last game of the season. It could be the must-win game where the other team has nothing to play for, and we have something to play for, and we could lose it 3-0. I mean, that's the club that we are. So I really think that what Lacazette said a few months, a month ago after the Coupe de France was, let's stop talking about runs and talking about, you know, can we win Europe and everything? I mean, I'd, of course I would love to. I, I'm, we're supporters, but it's more just one game at a time and see if we get closer. It's it, it and the whole it is it is very odd how the end of the season is going for Lyon because you know the whole Olas showing that we're the number one team right now. I think we're tied for first with the second since the uh, since the new year. We're just, we're the best team in the Lyon, but it doesn't feel like it. It's one of those things where you look at the team, we don't feel like we're good. Somehow points wise, we're ahead of everyone. Um, very odd that, that combo. So if you think on the points. I think it was uh, he has 31 points out of 45 long since he's been in charge. That's a really impressive, or not since, not since he's in charge, but since the second half of the year. That's really a good number. And so, if he continues that streak, you could think that we win a few games more. And with a little luck, it's out of our hands. We can do it. And um, I'm just pleased as support that we have a few games to at least enjoy enjoy Lyon a little bit more this year. Give us a little bit of things to look for. I would love the last game of the season to be something that's worth it to give us something. I, you know, to, to live for and to enjoy. Um, but I'm just glad now that Olas is gone in a way because I was very part of, I'm sure a lot of people felt like me and, and like us, that if Lyon somehow finished fifth, Olas would say it was a good season, Blanc's good, everything's going well. He would talk about all hers, you know, people are against him. And there'd be no change. There'd be no change moving on. And at least now we know that even if we're fifth or we're sixth or whatever, we're going to have change because Texter said there's going to be, and he already got rid of Alas. So that makes me feel better where now there's no reason to, you know, some back of your mind, maybe you don't want Lyon to be successful because you want change. And so um, I'm really excited. Um, the next few matches, next match is going to be huge. We need to take one game at a time and let's hope we can win our game this weekend. Yeah, if you look at those three pitches as well, Clermont are, they're a team we should be winning, especially with the run of form we've been on. But again, it I just go back to re- previous performances with, against Clermont. Am I, I don't know, I could be getting mixed. Did we draw against Clermont in bizarre circumstances last season? Yeah, that was a 3-3 game where yeah. they came back right at the beginning of Bosch, where I think that was the turning point of Bosch. Yeah. Not turning point, it was like two games in, but it was like, the season would have started so well where we were crushing. We were three and three nil up, I think. And, you know, those teams where we were, we were winning very well or very impressive the first few games of the season. Yeah. And then bio, you weren't getting the points twice. Yeah. So again, those things in the back of my mind, just her being those games. But I guess the same question to you, Tom, do you think we'll make Europe? Let's keep it short and concise, considering we've got to talk about texture and all. Um, Yes. Simple as. Um, I think I've talked about the momentum earlier, and I think we'll, we'll we'll go with that. We have the same number of points as Ren, but minus two on goal difference uh, compared to them. 
and we're minus three on Lille uh, and minus three points as well. So it's going to be special if we get there. But as Jonathan said, if we can get a final game which is worth something, then let's do it. Yeah, definitely. So that final game is against Nice as well. And if you cast your mind back um, a couple of years ago... The at Hastrick. Yeah, you, you may remember a couple of final day games against Nice. I'm where, thinking about the Rudy Garcia where we lost Champions League yeah, because of that. Oh, no, about. I'm thinking to Lacazette scoring his You're 100 thinking positive. We're thinking yeah. negative. Ah, well. Negative. Yeah, that was my first instinct. But of course, as you mentioned, the Lacazette heroics as well. So there's both sides of the coin. This oh, could yeah. be a, somewhere in the medium, but let's hope it's on the positive side. Um, speaking of positives, obviously, as you mentioned, Jonathan. Whether we take it as a positive or not is nicely onto my next question. John Michel Olas has left the football club. Obviously, I think we were all, I was quite taken aback by it. I didn't expect it to be happen after a game like that. It felt like an announcement that would have come at the end of the season, maybe not even at the end of the season, considering we heard things that he was going to be in the project for three years. He still is in the project somewhat, but we'll discuss all that later. Um I guess, firstly, Jonathan, where were you when you heard it and what was your f- first initial thoughts? Were you as shocked as I was? Yeah, I mean, it, it was shocking that it was announced. I mean, he is... It's hard to say, like, you are Lyon because it's disrespectful to people who are older and who've watched the game since the creation. But um, he is the modern version of Lyon. When you think of Olas, and, you know, 10 years ago, when I used to think of Olas, I was like... I loved, you know, not love, you know, but I really admired him. And I thought, you're such an amazing man. And now I, I, with any person who maybe stays in a profession too long or stays somewhere too long, it felt like he's, he's, he down, he went downhill. Not only does the team of Lyon went downhill, but his uh, personality in terms of, uh, of fighting with the press and become more harsh. You know, he's been fighting with the press, but it became more, uh, outrageous, uh, more of talking of trash about supporters and, and blaming supporters. And then the Juninho incident really was harsh on supporters because Juninho was the heart of, of Lyon. And then also, you know, for me personally, who's someone who cares a lot about other things in football, um, I really disliked the FFF stuff and how he was with regret. That really made me just not like him personally on that. I couldn't understand how he could make those positions. So, I think everyone knew that it was time for him to leave. It was the, I wish he just could, we all wish, okay, that Olas realizes from himself and he had just left out of his own, you know, out of the good door and just said everyone, you know, when a tech store came, I'm done. I don't need to have this three-year thing, this deal. And then saying to the press, you know, I'm still in charge, even though we knew he was in charge. You have a three-year deal, but you're not really in charge. And so it's good there's a change. Um, but time will tell whether it was a positive change. We don't know. If uh, I, I believe in Texter, I'm, 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 I'm for one, one of the people who think Texter is going to do good work, and Botafogo is doing good. And there was a people who don't follow Brazilian league; they hear little snippets, and, oh, the the payments, the salaries. But that wasn't Texter's fault. Um, and they're in first place now, five games, five wins. They're unbelievable for that team. So I believe in Texter, but time will tell if he'll succeed. And Olas is is. A legend. Um, I believe the stadium should be called after him, although I don't know if that's possible because of naming rights and, and making more money. But uh, I think he, it's also sad how he's being treated, sort of, you know, 
oh, he's going to be a guest of honor, president of honor and have a, a box. You know, of course he's got a box. He's freaking, <laughs> he was the president for 36 years. I mean, it's not even a question. It's silly to even say you're giving him a box. So he's going to be a team car. Wonderful. Oh, really? Thank you. So I know it's sad how it ended, but it's also his fault. It's also his fault that it ended this way because he didn't realize that um, the ownership changed and it was time for him to adapt and he couldn't adapt. And some people can't adapt at the end. That's why it's sad. But we have to thank Olas for building the team that we all love now, because I can guarantee you that if it was a team in the 80s, we wouldn't be supporting that team. All of us, because we're not from Lyon and none of us would be supporting Lyon if that was the team that was there. So good. I hope he enjoys it. I hope he, he he's able to move on personally and, and become positive and, and appreciate Lyon again because I feel like right now he's, you know, it's not like him to miss games, even if he has tension. You know, I feel like he he's just upset with the team, upset at what's going on, and I don't want him to have a rivalry or try to maybe wish ill upon Lyon uh, just recently. And, and, you know, he's been not tweeting about Lyon. He, 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 usually he would be. He's just, uh, it's odd. And so let's wish him the best and hope Texter proves that he's making the right moves. Texter's press conference also was a lot of nothing, but we love the scouting stuff on this podcast. And I think everyone agrees that if you had 20 scouts, that makes us all really excited. Yeah, I think the the scouting thing was the one thing I took from the press conference. A lot of it was, as you mentioned, we're doing this for Olas. You know, he's still got some involvement with the football club as any, the same way Tom put in our chat that you can't see as we're recording, that it feels like when Wenger left Arsenal, Wenger still has some form of connection to Arsenal. Not in the manner that people expected. People expected him to go into the board. But even still, he's got that connection. He still speaks about Arsenal despite his role within FIFA. Of course, Olas was going to have some connection with the football club. He was here for 36 years, for God's sake. He built the club from second division to seven-time Ligue 1 champions, Champions League semi-finalists etc. You know, that was his work. Obviously, other people are involved. We talk about the great managers we've had at the club, the great players we've had at the club, the women's success as well, complete and utter domination of European game. That is all his making. He starts at the top and trickles down and he's overseeing all that. So, of course, we've got to be thankful for that. But for me, it's, it's sour the if he'd left on his own accord, possibly two years ago, when he probably should have left after the Garcia debacle, etc., that felt like the right time to leave. Say, so, look, I think it's time for some. We'll, in, we'll bring in new investors. It feels like the right time to hand it on to someone else. We would have all have been, despite everything that happened with Garcia, we would have all understood and thought, right, yeah, you've understood that football has moved on since you were this forward-thinking, standard-setting person in the game, and let you know, the new people come in. Um, so I don't know. I'm quite, I don't feel like he's getting the love he appreciates from fans because of what's happened in the last couple of years. But again, it is sad to see him go. Uh, what are your thoughts on the situation, Tom? Um, it was a bit of a shock. Um at least, you know, it, it's kind of that, well, I mean, obviously not comparing, but, you know, you think to, um, uh, I don't know, 9-11, when everyone sort of remembers um, where they were when they learned about 9-11, uh, to a lesser extent, where everyone was um, 
during the 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 Super League announcement. You know, it's it's like that marquee moment of oh wow, we um, we we just I mean we not lost the president. He's not died, obviously. Um, <laughs> you know, it's not it's not quite dra- that dramatic. I mean, I'm crossing fingers here because obviously in the last few years he's been really ill, especially I think two or three years ago he was a lot in the hospital as well. So hopefully, I, you know, you wish him very well for the, the coming months and hopefully we keep on seeing him at the stadium. Um, Canal Plus released, uh, re-released an interview that he did in March um, where he's sort of saying, I'll go once I feel that I've lost power. Um, and he also added that uh, John didn't have the power yet because he's not sat in my seat yet. I think things might change. I think for the history of it, Texter is probably going to keep the seat he currently has. I mean, it's all symbolic, obviously. You know, It's only a seat at a stadium. But Olas has not only built that stadium from the ground up, you, you know, we think the Wenger as well for that. Um, but, you know, it, it's symbolically that's his seat and he's always been there. And I think there's, there's um, I, I'm not too sure how he, uh, the, the weeks that are going to come, you know, um, texts him to say that not only he's going to be president of honor, he's also going to be following the team closely and doing the traveling with them. And I think it's, it would be a bit weird. I think it's a bit like exes staying friends for a long time. You know, it's sort of like maybe it can happen on the long term. And obviously, uh, 36 years of relationship, you know, it's your now Olas and, and OL are, you know, ex-wife and ex-husband and so on. So it's sort of like maybe they need to take a year or maybe more, who knows, away from each other. And I think Wenger did that very well. Um, he took five years before going back to the Emirates or something. And now he's he's spotted there, not frequently, but quite a few times. Olas, I don't think he's going to move away from Lyon. So maybe there's a question of he'll continue coming to the stadium and and still be a proud dad of what he's created. I don't know what the better way is doing it because the fact that Text is not going to be around very often. He's going to be a, you know, a present from afar. Hopefully not as far as the Glazers. Um, hopefully a bit more present than that. But if he needs, not only does he need Olas there to keep the ship, at least for a visual element of it. You know, having Olas at the stadium, the press is going to look at him. We'll probably ask him questions. I don't. I'm not expecting him to be doing the. Obviously, he's not going to be doing the press conferences. I don't think so. But he's probably not going to do the press round after the games either. You're going to have a new CEO coming in to the club very soon. That's what Texas said. Uh, he's just... I find it a bit weird that Texas said that they've only started the day before they announced Olas was leaving uh, the search for a new CEO. I think that's a bit odd. But then again, if they'd been searching for a new CEO before firing him, it's also weird. Uh, I think either way, it's a bit like you know Chelsea looking for a new manager before kicking out, um, uh, well, Graham Potter. Obviously, they didn't search at all and ended up with Lampard. So that's that's <laughs> that's obviously a, a great search. But um, I don't know. I I think it was time for him to go. Ultimately, 
Lovren said in his press conference today that he was surprised he left before the end of the season. I would have preferred it at the end of the season because that's the type of thing that shakes a dressing room. Um, the fact that he wasn't there on Friday was already a bit weird. I thought it was because I was sick, and that's what everyone reported. Uh, now we know that apparently since Friday, he's known that he was going to get kicked out, whatever the result was. It's kind of good that he's leaving on the day of such a result. I think obviously he would have preferred leaving, I don't know, maybe after the final eight or on the sort of a high point, ideally with the Coupe de France, you know, this year, for example, you know, say this is my last title or we've managed to get third in the league and we, we did really well. We beat PSG twice and we had a great season and we got these great players and so on. This is obviously not quite the ending he hoped for. But then again, he knows that since the sale of the club, he's going to have to go at some point. He can't stick around and be sort of the you know, the elephant in the room for forever. So if that means that we really start moving on to something new, great. I am less optimistic than Jonathan is because we get mixed reports about, you know, the likes of Roman Molina and so on, having, um, you know, the investigative journalists that we have in France who revealed a lot about uh, Le Gret. Um He's saying a lot of the you know, the money maybe not is not quite there. He's not quite the, his uh, OPA or whatever it's called in English of buying back the 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 shares of the club. He doesn't quite. He doesn't really have that much money, and he doesn't have the extensive uh, European type of football experience. Um, yes, he does need 130 million to buy out the rest, and we don't know where that money is going to come from. Um, I also think that a few months ago, it was that was put back into the press this week that he said that players that were doing poorly at, New- at Crystal Palace would come to Lyon, which I think was extremely clumsy. Um, but then again, if by any chance Oliso isn't doing very well next year, sure, come along, you know, Ebereshiedze, sure, come along. Maybe not uh, Andre Ayu or um, whatever his brother's name is. Anyway, um, there's there's great, yeah, Jordan Ayu, there we go. The relationship is starting. We're entering really the new era. Um, Olas is not the figurehead anymore. Long live the king, <laughs> I guess. He, he is a great man and uh, I think undoubtedly he's one of the greatest, if not the best, presence we've had in French football. There's been some great ones for Bordeaux and Nantes and all that stuff, but hats off for the great 36 years. Maybe it lasted a bit too long, but ultimately he has the charisma to, to carry that club to so many titles and I hope he is greatly celebrated against Reims in a few weeks because he deserves that and um, we I don't know if we'll miss him depends on whatever comes next um, but we'll miss his personality because as much as he's been annoying and a bit you know short-headed and short in his ideas he is charismatic and a lovely guy I think ultimately I think it's the element that he cares as well you know you go around European football now. Much. Football yeah. clubs are run by businesses. They are the football clubs are business, and obviously Lyon's been run by a business. We've spoken about this podcast last time. The last two times I went to Group Armour Stadium, 
one it was just the 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 Desim area it was desolate there was nothing there really and now you've oil valley you've ice cream parlors an american diner a gym and uh, the, i mean the new asvel stadium as well it's coming exactly, up soon which and then there's paddle five aside there's there's everything there so that is and that all brings money into the club so the club has been run as a business but it's all been done by a fan he is a at the foremost of everything he is a leon fan which I wonder if you can say is like it's a more of a family business than a business. You know, it's like it's not just the head of Apple doing this and that and creating no. something. It's his baby, and it's like, I mean, the amount of times he's come out in the press to defend the, the high point was obviously when he said that Ligue 1 should continue playing after the con- uh, lockdown. But yeah, Lyon are not in Europe. What is this? We got to play. So it's like yeah. he's. I can't find the word in English, but he's like he's he's a bad loser. He's a really sore loser, and he's always going to put the interest of his club first, which is probably why um, he probably can't run for the French Federation because the, everyone knows that once he's in there, he's going to be like a um, Among Us character. He's going to be trying to <laughs> keep everyone out away from Lyon. Having everyone in the back when PSG yeah, get relegated. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh, we've got Marseille to be kicked out and oh, PSG should really not have that much money. And he said it again in an interview. So I really don't see how he can represent France. But then again, Vincent Labrune has been representing France at the Federation and the League and he's such a Marseille fan that you just wonder how it's going to happen. But yes, um, it, I think I feel like I, I see what you mean about the business. And obviously, that's probably caused a lot of issues in the sense that, oh, we don't have enough money to invest in players and we prefer having new bowling rounds. But it's always it's also been run with passion, which yeah. I think we can't take away from him. Maybe a bit too much passion. That's that's maybe the, the one issue yeah. we have. The stadium needed it. I'm not that For sure. before. There was nothing there. I, I went to, a, we were going 2018, we drew 1-1 with Strasbourg in the days of the mighty Bertrand uh, trial. Oh, yes. Um, and I just, we stayed in the hotel next to the stadium and you just felt it's lacking something and he has added that, you know, not that the Disney area is terrible. Too <laughs> terrible. You know, there's a nice part. There's the park, which is about a 15 minute walk from there. I don't yep. know what you call it in French. It's like a reservoir sort of, of uh, thing, which isn't far from there. Um, and you know, it is an area to live I in. I think it's a slightly better area than Jarlon. I will give him. Yeah, definitely, that. definitely. I don't. I think it's a measurable. Yes, it's mm-hmm. definitely a better play, a place than uh, where Jarlon was. But again, it's he's he's added something to the local area, and that's where Owell lives now. It will be yeah. there for the next thirty years, whether you like it or not. So he has put the club into the next era, business wise. But I think from a footballing sense when it comes to you know they didn't even know what video scouting was three years ago when you know Michael Edwards has been using it who was used to be head of video analyst at Tottenham before he came to Liverpool read one of the best uh, led one of the best sporting directorships in football history has been doing that since 1998 you know it's been around for years so I think the, the real fact, comparison that we need to aim for is what Toulouse are doing. And Komoli's come data. in and he's done that very well with, I think he did it with Liverpool. Yes. Yeah, Liverpool, uh, Chelsea as well, and uh, obviously now Toulouse. And that's been superb. I don't wish that we have such an international team as much as I would love to have some of the Dutch players. It's um, a balance. It's a balance that needs to find. But 
did Toulouse have such a strong uh, academy identity? Maybe not. I mean, it's great that Hall is getting so many minutes, but mm-hmm. he obviously, I don't think, played in the final uh, because it seems like it was the first time that a French club has won the Coupe de France without any French players in the starting lineup. Yeah. Um, so he's probably not playing. But anyway, um, if you were, if you were to have that kind of model, and I'm not wishing that Redbird takes over Lyon, let's not have another takeover. But if he's going to go sort of the American way of Moneyball, Data, Brentford, and all that stuff, let's try and keep the academy because Brentford mm-hmm. kicked that out. Um, but let's try and incorporate better recruitment, better scouting. Hopefully, you can sort of, without all the bad sides, and obviously this is wishing for a lot. Uh, I know that a lot of Trois fans, for example, have been uh, chanting, thank you, City, for the relegation. That we avoid sort of that galaxy element where we get yeah. players sent over and it's always loans and it looks like nothing on earth. Uh, although I do think that Leon is probably the head point of the galaxy at this point because... In Eagle pa- football, definitely. Yes, because yeah. Eagle doesn't have majority stake in Palace. Once it's no. majority stake, which probably is not going to happen because it doesn't have enough money, but... Once that happens, maybe Lyon gets retrograded. But at this point in time, we're probably the high point in the Eagle football group. And let's try and maximize the element of centralizing scouting from Botafogo. Hopefully we get better players than Jeffinho next time. But um, but from Palace, from Mullenbeek, because there's some great players in the Belgian league as well. Uh, so if we can centralize those scouts and get an extra... Even five extra scouts would be an improvement. That would double the amount of scouts we currently have. Uh, and not just ex-players from Lyon. Let's try and get actual scouts. Um, and I know you know there's some great ones that we've seen on Twitter who nearly worked with Juninho, Mickey Scouts. Uh, but there's some other great ones that not just on Twitter, obviously, <laughs> but some actual competent people um, yeah. who would do a great job. And if we had the finances to bring in players, or we have limited finances like Toulouse because I think financially as much as Lyon has a bigger budget what we can spend on the transfer window is similar to what Toulouse are doing if we maximize that money then we'll get in a random boom and we'll get in other spearings and so on to come into Lyon maybe let's recruit the whole of the second division in the Dutch league I don't know but ultimately there is a way of making a true identity Maybe keep up that element of key, uh, of bringing good, maybe not good league one players because we're going to play pay a lot of money for that. But good league two players like Ndombele, like Mendy, like um, Le Penon, Cadawere, <laughs> There have been some very good league yeah. two players coming into France uh, into Lyon who've had a good time to adapt to France, even if they didn't speak French, you know, Cadawary, I don't think is French native, but was good enough to to adapt there. Um, and it, it works. Uh, I know for a long time, Lyon were recruiting the best players in French league, but let's try and get the best from the second division and bring them in slowly and have a head of recruitment, a sporting director and a good scouting network. And once we get that, maybe in five years, will be competing at least with Marseille, um, maybe with Lens, who are still probably still going to be around, and maybe PSG if they don't get their act together. 
But I think that's going to take time. I think Lyon need to be patient with that. Uh, hopefully, it's not another transition season next year. Yeah. Uh, but hopefully, we we because there's obviously going to be a lot of players leaving, a lot of end of contracts. You know, Howard, Dembele, and all that stuff. Maybe Thiago Mendes. But we bring in five, four or five new good players, and we spend thirty million on a transfer window, and I'll be good enough. I think it will be a transition season. I probably will, but let's let's hope it's transition enough to still play Europe. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the aim every season, even if it's Europa Conference League or Europa League, as we've discussed earlier in this episode. Europe should be Lyon's goal every season, and then trophies are an added bonus, whether that be in a European competition or the cup. But I think the one thing that we do need to give text or whether, you know, you hear all these reports, as you said, at Butterfogo, he's not getting, players aren't being paid on time or, you know, Palace, they're not happy with Eagle football's influence, etc. We've got to give him time to be able to make Lyon his Lyon. Lyon is Olas's Lyon. It will always be Olas's Lyon, but it's got, we've, it's like, it's like going in, David Moyes going in after Sir Alex yep. at Manchester United. Yep. He was destined to fail because Sir Alex was, he wasn't just the pinnacle of Manchester United. He was the pinnacle of English football. He ruled, he run English football. He run the whole club. I think that's the main thing as well. Club. And all that is that in French football, when it comes to presidency, when it came to standard bearing, Obviously, the PSG City model is the new way of doing things, but the old way of doing things was invested in young players, trying to shop abroad to bring in, you know, and so if you think of some of the African players they have had over the years, Essien, for example, yeah. those sorts of players, um, it's coming in now with Diamonde coming from academies in Africa. That was the way of doing things, whereas now it's spend 222 million euros on a Brazilian and hope for the best. It's... I, I just really hope we don't go down the, we go down the city model rather than the PSG model. Let's be honest. City's the city have done it in a smart sense. They did City are doing what PSG did. City did what PSG are doing a long time ago. With Lugia. I don't even know is was Aguero such the hype that Neymar has? Mm, no, but the one the the one signing. If you ask people about there's the picture of Robinho stood there. Yeah, with of Mark course. Hughes, of course. Mark Hughes stood with Robinho. Obviously, Robinho's in prison now, but <laughs> Robinho at the time was the no, I, I get that. Yeah. of today. You know the 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 new kid on the block from Brazil. Yes, but that he lasted what four years. Yeah, and that, exactly the they transitioned. PSG's been a bit longer, but again, you can. You can put that down to a manner of things. Luis Campos is in there now. I'm pretty certain that things will move in a positive direction for PSG. Yeah, but it takes time. It will take time, and exactly, PSG and fans aren't giving their owners time. We've got to give our yeah. owners time, otherwise things will just be destined to fail before we've even started. Let's be honest; it's the it's the choice of Pep and uh, whatever the sporting director's name is, the Spanish guy. Um, yeah, so Tiki Begurish. Um, yeah, yeah, whatever his name is. Anyway, the mix of that coming into City is what made a real difference. Definitely. Other than, you know, you take the 2012, and this is getting to a City podcast, this is not good. Anyway, the, the 2012, <laughs> and um, it must have been 2014. I 2014, maybe. Yeah, those two title winning seasons. I mean, it's, you know, it's a, like Zabaleta, it's Balotelli, obviously sensational Yaya Torre. Um, mm. But the team still had the likes of Lescott, uh, Joe Hart, and Jack Rodwell. 
Yeah, very <laughs> Jack Rodwell, Wilfred Bony, uh, Stuart Downing. Yeah, um, so so very English. No, Stuart Downing was not at City. Um, Stephen Island. No, I'm thinking of Adam Johnson. That's who I'm thinking of. Um, yeah. Very English players, very local players, and so on. But they weren't, you know, world beaters, and they were definitely not getting anywhere in Europe. Um, that takes time, and once you get the right people at the right positions, and this is like ten nearly 10 years ago, once you get in the right manager who can, and I'm going to make the, the Eric Ten Hag comparison here, Ten Hag, if he gets a good sporting director above him and enough money to spend, he will do well. Lille needs the right sporting director and be a bit forward-thinking. You know, you think to Real Madrid to have signed the best players five years before they're supposed to be good. I'm not yeah. saying that Lyon has the time to sign a, Vin- a Vinicius and hope for him to be that good in five years, but maybe two years because Lupinov, for example, was never supposed to play these many minutes and he's responsible for two goals against Montpellier. Yeah. If you hope for Lupinov to be at the level that was maybe Gunnarlon's level when he when it was in his prime, then he needs two years. He shouldn't be chucked in that early into the, his time at Lyon. So the time will tell. Uh, I think there's some crucial decisions coming up in the next month. And two months with the OPAs and the 130 million. Once we know that there is a financial backing there, then there is certainly hope that in the summer we get a new transfer team, a new recruitment team. Bye bye, Bruno Shearer. <laughs> well, hopefully, I think if he's, I mean, the the fact that he said, I can't, I can't remember the exact translation now because it's been translated into French, but we're back into English now, but. Does the fact that we are crazy is the fact that we're continuing doing the same thing and hoping for it to work, something along those lines. Yeah. Which is exactly what Olas, Ponceau, and Shiru were doing. You know, the same thing over and over again, and it's not working. And we got a bit lucky with Bruno Guimaraes because Juninho was there. But let's yeah. be honest. Apart from, was yeah, Paqueta was, was a good signing, but um, he's, he's obviously had a long run. What's the impact that Paqueta had on the club? You know, uh, Bruno Guimaraes' impact is <laughs> far different to Paqueta's mm-hmm. impact. Um, there's some key signings to be made in key positions. Um, and we keep on hoping that the academy brings out more talent. If you find the right balance, then you will get there. But again, right talent from the academy needs time. Gusto was not perfect in his first six months. He's not perfect today either, but no. you see the improvement. Kumbedi was not perfect when he arrived. Better now. Lukeba. Lukeba was perfect when he signed uh, as a professional, but Bosch didn't believe in him. That's a very different issue. So time will tell, uh, but we we will get there. And there's change now. So we we can, I think there's an element of fans can expect something. You Mm -hmm. can expect something new. Whether it's better or not, that's different. But I think we can (laughs) have certain expectations of the board now which we couldn't have with Olas because we knew things wouldn't change. And we've understood now, and you know, RMC have criticized this, that Texter spends his time on Twitter listening to people. Whether that's good or bad is, is different things. Um, yeah. But he's listening to the fans, which he's done very well with Botafogo. And hopefully he listens to us in the sense that he brings a new recruitment team, which he said he will, and gets Shiro and Ponzo out of the way. Yeah, although Ponso is apparently moving into the women's 
Uh, okay, well, RMC but, have yeah. also defended it extensively on how good of a, not people's person, but like a financial type of guy. Um, yeah. There's just no reason he should be on the football side. But, you know, no. someone's got to move into the women's side because that's being taken over and needs help. And someone who knows the club would make of sense course. in that. But again, you have all of the... We spoke about it before, but with um, Sasha Gunastosia, um, he was had a big part to play in that as well. Yeah. So it's very... Um, again, it's difficult decisions to be made all around, but the one thing that you've just explained well is change is afoot. Is it positive? Is it negative? It remains to be seen. But I just wish him the best of luck because as I use the Sir Alex terminology, to step in after someone like Olas, who has created, Olas is responsible for Leon, Leon is Olas, Olas is Leon, everyone wants the stadium to be named after him. It's become more of an Olas loving despite the last three years that have been quite a difficult, the most difficult time in his stewardship as OL president. Um, Everyone seems to have forgotten that and appreciate the wish they should because of what he's done for the club. Um, It's how he how he institutes change into the team and um, the board and the shareholders, etc. How he goes about that, it's time for someone new to put the stamp and make Leon into the new era. But again, I wish him the best of luck because it's not going to be an easy job. No, it won't. But I feel like Texter has a strong personality and enough of mm-hmm. a belief in its own self, which can be negative, but he believes in himself and his model and has to a certain extent been successful elsewhere and i feel like the the whole eagle group has got their backs so hopefully the, the financials uh continue but he seems to definitely understand modern football better than olas does um maybe he just needs firstly to learn french that might be a good yeah a good place to start good place to start but i'm sure he'll have olas as his pr guy for the next few um, months will Olas want to be just a PR guy I'm not so no. sure but he's going to try Olas is going to have a difficult divorce with the club uh, hopefully it doesn't you know go bad let's be honest like if if he's let's say in six months time um, we've not made Europe this year and Blanc is losing game after game after game is Olas going to be able to say the club isn't doing very well and blah, blah, blah? Or is he going to say Texts are doing terribly and he's done, he's taken bad decisions? And yeah. so, on. so hopefully it's not just like the sort of um, infiltrated ex president into the, the club, just not too sure of what his place is and, and shitting on the club, really. Hopefully it doesn't yeah. turn badly because that would definitely impact his legacy. Yeah, well, I mean, his, his legacy has somewhat been impacted in the last two or three of years. Of course, but I, I feel like people have already forgotten the last three years. They have because of the fact he's leaving. It's, yeah. I don't want to be the person to go this massive uproar. I mean, again, I've, I've put out the tweet thanking him for everything yeah. he's done because that's what you do with someone who's such a respected person and responsible for what he's done. But there has been a short of leniency to him based on the fact that in the past three years, Leon were consistently a Champions League club and not just making the group stages, making the knockout stages of the Champions League, yeah. fighting for the top two, three, four positions in Liga. Leon aren't at that standard anymore. Leon currently are a top half 
Europa Conference League standard team, which with a club that's had the investment Leon have had, which still, even as you say, we've not got the money to spend in the transfer window. But in terms of turnover, fan base, etc., is third and fourth position in Ligue 1. Budgets, third and fourth position in Ligue 1. Are we not second with Marseille? I feel like we were above Marseille Monaco. have got a more sp- spending power than us right, in the okay. transfer business in terms of financials. But in terms of annual budgets, whether it be corporate side of things, business infrastructure, Lyon are the third. Yeah. Wealthiest team in Ligue 1. Possibly second if you go off infrastructure. It's not... It's not acceptable that the club is where it is. It's oh. not. And he shouldn't be given the thank you, we love you, etc. in my opinion, without accepting from his behalf, which he hasn't done yet, which I don't think he will do, no. to say my leaving is overdue. It is overdue. It should have been two or three years ago, after the Rudy Garcia. It, you shouldn't have employed an OM manager no. as Leon boss. It's, it's a disaster waiting to happen. Laurent Blanc should have not been Lyon manager, you know, even whether it's been because he's been PSG and Bordeaux manager, that's not really got anything to do with it. No. It's the fact he's not managed a top flight French club for six years. Yep. It's the it's the decision making that he should be held accountable for. And that's the thing I've not really liked. But again, and I'll admit I fell into the romanticism of someone who's been at the football club for 36 years, changed it. Thank you very much. And then as the dust has settled a little bit you start to remember Leon are a shit show and someone needs to change things quickly. Yep. Uh, so we do thank him for everything, of but course. my personal opinion is we can't forget the last three years. Because no, the but last three that, years time will tell. Time will give him that. Time will, um, I think for now it's obviously, again, I want to repeat, Olas has not died, but the, no. <laughs> the, the sort of homage and, and legacy element of him is very strong now. It's like, oh my god, you know, there's videos going around of of, of him on the top of um, the mayor's office with you know the seven and the fingers and so on, and just saying, you know, what a president he's been and sensational and the day in the life. Well, he of, has been. He, he has, has been, been an amazing president. He has thirty six exactly. years. But three of them there has back. been. Yeah. You've said three. I think we can even extend it to a certain amount of years of. We were lucky enough to have a bigger budget and that other teams weren't. Yeah, possibly. Um, so working as well as they are now i think we've stagnated and other teams have progress i don't think yeah we've Monaco and Lille have had success in this psg dominant yeah, exactly. era of- and and mm-hmm. ren are working better and Lens have mm-hmm. come back and um clermont are, are working well as well there are toulouse obviously has come in and done very toulouse. well i don't think Lyon has necessarily gone backwards but because everyone is moving forwards and we've They've stopped not moved there you go so in those years, in the three years, things will start coming back up. I mean, the fact that Junino does not want to do anything with the club is also included in those three years. Yeah. Um, and in the next six months, I think once the, the dust has settled of his departure and we we assess, in, I don't even know if he'll be back this season, but let's assess in August whether Olas is sitting in a seat again. Mm-hmm. Um and throughout the season, and whether he's coming on, hopefully European ties to to Apoel Nicosi and so on. Yeah, um, <laughs> heading to Riga for an away game. Exactly. <laughs> um, whether he comes along and so on, uh, then we can start assessing of what's his legacy, what he's done rightly and poorly recently, and what his role should be. 
again, we're just a fan podcast. What are we to decide what he does and how he feels about it? I mean, even Jonathan, I don't think, has been alive as long as Zolas has been president or just about. No. Um, no. So we have nothing to say to, to no. him. But I think the club to move forward, and I, I maintain what I said earlier, needs to have a sort of clean divorce first before bringing him back into the fold. Otherwise, he's just mm-hmm. going to be sort of... Either he's not sure of his position or what to do, or you're going to have sort of a rotten apple in there and things can't really change because he's going to still continue to have his opinion. I mean, obviously, he's still at the board and I still value his financial decisions Mm -hmm. uh, because, as you said, Well Valley is a great success and he's had great success uh, on the pitch previously. Uh, That's not disappeared. I don't think as a business person, He's lost anything. I think his his no. businesses are still pretty successful. And Commercially, he's savvy football wise, modern football wise. Although I do feel like his communication could be better, but that's you know, you know yeah, the, the again, whole club. We have to that's stop. The, that's the egotistical side. Yes, of let's the please football. stop with yeah. also statement FC. Let's please yeah. just stop that element. Mm, but, official. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, I think Marcy are taking that one over because yeah. of the complaints it had with referees against Lens. But um, that's going to be really funny. Anyway, um, I think that side he can still be involved in. Um, not that we have much of a choice because he's still got 8% of shares and he's going to mm-hmm. have a real role at an administrative side. But the football side, we've all understood, and I think he knows deep down that things haven't gone well and that he's he's getting old. And that's the way it is. He's 74. It's hard for him to understand what modern football is. As much time as he spent on Twitter, you'd think he'd understand it better. Um, you know, I, I just imagine Olas just before a game going through like a thread of scouts uh, <laughs> saying, oh, we need to sign this player and Zorgan is a great player because he's done this <laughs> skill and so on. I don't know. He's made, he's maybe got an undercover Twitter account, <laughs> just going through stuff. But ultimately, he's been out. He's been aged out of modern football. Mm-hmm. He knows that. He won't admit it, but he knows that. So let's try and not have him around too much. The players that come in, who knows? Maybe Leon bring in Ben Arfa again. That we've seen how that relationship has been. Yeah, yeah. Um, so <laughs> I don't want him in the dressing room on match day. If he wants to be in the stands and keeps on talking to his Keep lady seat. friends and yeah. <laughs> be present, cool. Don't come into the dressing room and be that ex-president who keeps on sticking around and says, oh, uh, Ryan, oh, I still love you, guy. Um, why don't you come and you know, stand up for yourself and you know, you should be playing every week and the manager yeah. doesn't understand you. That's not going to help anyone. So yeah. hopefully there's a clear cut and we move on and have an actual... <laughs> progress next year yeah or I change think that's the ideal scenario yeah. change is the one word if we're going to win the podcast from anything I think change change is the biggest thing text uh, will he be a success is he ha- the, it comes back to me the last six months have they been a success on the pitch they probably have been but again some of the decisions have been very questionable which does give me that you know pulsating feeling in the back of my mind that it could be a bumpy ride for the next couple of seasons yep. until he gets things right, and we've got to give him that time to get. You're going to try right. things. He has so, to try things. Yeah, well, nothing. Things can't continue the way they are, and as you say, we can't continue to stand still and watch 
you know, it's like starting pole position in an F1 race yep. and you've missed the clutch, you've not hit it first gear and before you know it, 20 cars have passed behind you. We can't allow that to happen. Well, we're not quite we've in the wall to... yet, but... Um, <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. We, we've kissed the wall a few times. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, so, less of the F1 City analogies. Hopefully things move forward in a positive manner and obviously we'll... We apologise for our hiatus, but I think as a well fan, you can possibly understand yep. the frustration after that notes game. But things are looking a little bit more positive, yep. and hopefully, as Tom and Jonathan have both said, we have something to talk about in these final few games of the season, and we'll see how text as a well evolves from Olas as a well. As although, as I mentioned, it will always be uh, Jean-Michel Olas's Olympic relay. As always, thank for, thanks for joining us and listening to this episode. A bit of a longer one for you. Um, we'll be back next week, I think, with an overview of how Maybe. the season goes. Or before the end of the season. Obviously, we can't promise anything after being away for a month. But we will be back a couple of times before the end of the season. Um, thanks, as always, for your support. And we'll catch you on the next one. Cheers, guys. Bye.